0: Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chasing Heroin on this day. And we are super excited. Today we have our first part two episode. Mm-hmm. We have a follow-up with my friend Tommy, who was our first guest, actually. And now we have a better setup. Last time he had to sit on the floor in the studio on a yoga mat. And I want to thank you for being such a good sport. We, you can make a case that we still don't know what we're doing. Right. But we definitely didn't know what we were doing that day. I was like, I don't know. just You want to just sit there and, and talk, I guess?
1: We'll sit on these exercise mats.
0: Yeah, we'll sit on these mats. So now at least he's like up on a couch. Um, but anyways, my name's Janine. My sobriety day is January 15th, 2015.
1: And I'm Kimberly Walker. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, my role on the podcast is to ask questions of Janine and our guests that listeners may have and change people's perspectives on addiction and
0: recovery. Cool. So like I said, today we have my friend Tommy back on... The show. When was his episode? July? I'm no, sure I think like out. August or September. Was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I know he was our first guest. His episode OD at the wheel was loved by all. And I told you guys that I would have him back in January. So we've got him back in January. But before we say, but before we get into the actual story, Tommy will have one year on January 10th. Yes. And I'm super happy about it. Congratulations, my friend. Appreciate Tommy actually that. gave me my first year when I got my year token mm-hmm. at the step house. Um, I'm proud of you. Will you talk about what that means to give someone their first year? I mean, I don't know that it's, I mean, it's always a big deal to get a year Uh regardless of which year it is. For me, I guess, because I've been trying for so long, getting a year is a big deal. And then to have Tommy in particular do it meant a lot to me because we've been in rehab together over the years. Like if there was people out there, that other people would say would never actually get clean. Mm-hmm. It would be me and him, and so we were both clean that day. So to have him give it to me that day was was important. Was a big deal. So his role is to like give you the token
1: and like say some nice words, and
0: yeah, basically, quickly. yep. So you both identify, and then typically you say something about the person. Cool. Um, yeah, and then and then give him a token. So so Tommy is back on the show to talk about. We're actually right around when it was January fifth, right? Third, January third. Mm-hmm. Is it that's today? today? Oh, oh my god! timing—that's crazy. I thought that's how you uh, try to schedule. No, them. I knew. Well, I knew it was in January. I didn't know it was on the exact date. Yes, today.
2: Okay. What was it the was year again? It? it was three years
0: ago. Okay. So.
2: Wait. Yeah, three years ago.
0: So let me tell you how I heard about what happened. Mm-hmm. So I was at the step house, and. Our friend Peter walked up to me and he was like, Hey, did you know? I can't remember if you were at Choices at the same time as him. Did you know Tommy? Uh-huh. And for some reason, you didn't pop into mind. And I was like, Oh, no, I don't know. Like, I don't think I know who you mean. And he was like, Oh, okay. Anyway, all right. Well, never mind. And I thought maybe somebody had like OD'd. And I was like, Why? What happened? And he was like, This guy, this guy robbed a bank today, man. And I was like, What? No way. And he was like, Yeah, watch. And he shows me the news clip on his phone. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, no, Tommy. Of course I know Tommy. Oh my God. And he was like, can you believe? And so that was how I found out about what happened. And then I wrote you in jail, actually. But why don't you tell us what happened? Because how did that, how did you get there? Wow. Oh. Whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I guess uh, again I'll start with the, my name. My name's Tommy. I'm, uh, I'm an addict and alcoholic, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it's tough. It's tough to say, like, because looking back, like, I don't, I don't even know how I got to that point either. But uh, I, um, you know, it, it's funny because when I when I got out of prison, I was talking to a friend and they're like, do you remember like a, like, he's like, I don't know if you remember, but like a week before you did that, you were at my house talking about robbing a bank. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. We were talking about it. Oh wow! And I was like, "Uh." so, so I used to always tell people that like, nah, it just kind of happened that day. Like literally that morning, um, I made that decision and, and, you know, it happened. And it did kind of happen like that, but um, it was definitely in my mind um, before that. Um, And uh, if you ask any drug addict, uh, if you do a certain drug and then you like do another drug, it always ends up really bad. Okay. And, And that's a common story that I've heard.
0: What do you mean? Like if you move from your drug of choice to yes. a new one. Okay.
2: Yes. Like if you like something bad always happens when you, when you don't do the dope that you normally do. Okay. And um, I think you'd agree with me on that. You yeah. Know what I mean, uh,
0: for me, heroin was the escalation. Actually, what I had always done was Coke. And then mm-hmm. when I moved to heroin was when everything got a little bit, that was outside my,
2: I stayed addicted to heroin for, for a long, long time uh, off and on and nothing, it, nothing like this happened, right. you, you know. Right. Uh, that that overdose uh, w- was big. That that overdose was big, but nothing like this. And I know that this uh, theme is um, is heroin, and I am a heroin addict for sure. But it, I, I would be lying to you to if I didn't say that uh, other drugs weren't involved um, at the time. You know, I was shooting cocaine.
0: And- when did you start? like how long before you robbed the bank did you start shooting coke like how long were you? Oh, it was now? like a couple
2: weeks oh that's it yeah
0: okay okay
2: shooting cocaine is probably like one of the worst things you can do right like yeah. it, it's it's very very addictive it's uh very intense uh we we were talking earlier about like psychosis yeah. crystal meth psychosis mm-hmm. and and i had said you know some people smoke crack and they get crazy like that and uh That to me, that's what happened. Yeah, it it was that's for sure what happened to me. Okay, that's for sure what happened to me. Uh, I it like we like we talked about it happened on uh, January 3rd, and um, I believe I'd started using New Year's Eve. Okay, so I hadn't slept from you know,
0: right,
2: uh, New Year's Eve night. January second. Now it's January third. Yeah, I've been up for you know seventy two plus hours or whatever. Right. Um, and and continuing to you know inject cocaine and heroin and, and
0: You were you had a house, right? You lived somewhere, right? You weren't homeless, weren't you? Living somewhere. Yeah. It was,
2: that was the other. That was the other really tough part um, for me was that uh, I was I was with somebody and I had been with him for a few years. And she, uh, man, she loved me and, and she, uh, there was a lot of pressure for, for me to settle down. And, uh, earlier in December, I had asked her to marry me and, uh, got her a ring and stuff. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a nightmare for her.
0: Yeah. So like, she said yes. You oh, guys yeah. were engaged. She, she really cared. So about So you were me. engaged when this happened. Yeah,
2: she cared about me a lot enough to the point where she was willing to look past like the signs of like, hey, this this guy's not right.
0: Right. And
2: uh,
0: so you were living with her, mm-hmm. shooting up for three days.
2: Yes. Did she know or did for three days? Anybody that really like has been in a so
0: you're in and out of the bathroom, but you're like pretending it, 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 to be it's, okay. It's that
2: codependency thing, right? It, it's like, and and the other thing is is like, I feel like it's easy to say like, how how could you miss that? You'll he's totally messed up, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are watching somebody get high day after day after day, right? And you've already convinced yourself like, no, he's fine, he's not getting high then
0: also you never know and you don't want to drive the person crazy right like you start you slip into this dynamic and I know this from with my mom where I'm I'm screaming at her to trust me Mm. and telling her you're part of the problem because you don't trust me I feel this way that way this way and so they really start to believe you and think like you know like you start and then I've also been on the situation where I'm wondering if somebody is high Mm -hmm. and you get to this place where you're like Am I crazy? I don't know if I'm seeing this correctly or not, but I don't want to test the person, especially if you're in a relationship with them because that's the, you know, that's, I don't want to embarrass the person by testing them. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't think it's actually that easy to say, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so I get it. I get why I'm just trying to get some context here though. But but, so you were living at home. You've been using for three days. She was, yeah.
2: And okay. And the other important thing I want to note is that i had lost uh like three jobs in the last couple of months right like started fired, started fired and uh for me I, I never i never really like hustled and stole i'm uh i have a a pretty skilled construction trade and uh, that's always paid me pretty well Enough. No, you're high functioning. You right. would function
0: for longer than most people I knew while using yeah. it daily.
2: Well, well that trade at least allowed me to pay for heroin every day. Maybe right. not maybe like I definitely had a hard time coming up with rent. Right. But right. Yeah. I, I could you'd say well. Yeah, I could yeah. stay well. Um just working. So having you know job trouble definitely uh, threw me for a loop, especially with money and the cocaine was like the next level because uh-huh. it gets expensive. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. cocaine and heroin, on right. a daily basis, like right. that, that's an expensive habit. So, uh, it, and the other thing was was you know that relationship. Um, I knew I was off the the, the rails a lot more than. He, if I could have screamed for help, I would have. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, I just. I kept telling myself tomorrow I'm going to quit cuz I wasn't working. Yeah. So it was like I'll, I'll kick, I'll, you know, I'll get off this stuff and uh I I kept telling myself that and nobody reached out really. I mean, not nobody reached out like they used to. Yeah. And was like, "Hey, like let's get you some help." Right. Mm-hmm. I think people Your parents reached,
0: know what was going on.
2: Yeah, I they mean, did. Pe- people reached out in the way of like, "Hey, we know you're high." Okay. Okay. And and we know you're doing bad. And I okay. was like, "No, no, you know, right. not, but not to the point where, uh, like, I don't know. It, it's easy to look back and say and think, I wish somebody would have like intervened." Yeah, but I don't think I would have wanted to go to rehab. You know.
1: Yeah,
2: I know you. You wouldn't have wanted to go. To rehab. And and I remember having a conversation with my mom like that a couple days before it happened, and I was like, "No, I'm good." Blah, blah, blah. And man, looking back, I was just way out there. And uh, I, the the story isn't it. It's not that complicated.
0: Yeah. So just walk us through that day. You woke yeah. up and you thought. Well, I didn't. I this didn't wake up right. I've been awake. Yeah, <laughs> been up. Right.
2: Uh, and it was. It was like I was like literally like hiding in the living room with the lights off. Mm. Like, turn on my phone, cook up a shot of coke. Like it was total. Like fair. hide in your closet, look peep out the window, looking yeah. through the blinds, kind of shit. And uh, man, I woke up that morning, and I was supposed to go. I had like a little side construction job. And uh, I was – I uh, I was supposed to go down there and uh, I, I remember I went to the methadone clinic in Escondido because I just wanted – I had 20 bucks and I just wanted to score like a little bit of heroin to sure. kind of like come down. And I couldn't find it. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. I went to the methadone clinic to see if I could find somebody there. And everybody – I remember everybody's like, dude, like – get the fuck out of here. I mean, I was way out. Yeah. And, uh, so I kept driving and, um, somewhere on the 15, it just like, like, I was like, you know what, bro? Like, let's keep doing coke. And like, and, and I was tired. I was tired of, of asking people for money. I was tired of like, not having a job. I wanted money at that time, but more than that, I wanted to have enough money where I didn't have to worry about getting money anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had this like real, ex- like sense of entitlement. Yeah, Like I'm, I'm going to just really uh, come up. And I've always felt like, that whole like go big or go home like right. I've always believed that kind of stuff. Right. Like, if you're gonna do something, then just you know, right. Make it happen. Make it happen. And to me, robbing a bank seemed kind of uh, like at least I wasn't at the time. It was like I'm not gonna harm anybody. Right. I'm gonna walk in. I right. know they have to give it to me. Um. Right. I've talked to enough people to know that that's what happens if you go into a bank and you ask them for the money they're gonna give you the money okay because they're not worried about it they're gonna catch up with you later right so they so so for for everybody's sake they just give it up and okay uh, and I knew that and uh, I I remember going to the job and at that exit I was like I'm gonna find a bank right now and I turned the other direction from where I was supposed to go. And it wasn't quite nine o'clock yet okay so the banks weren't open right so i did i had like 10 minutes to like think about it but like i was really i was really set like this is happening and uh i found a bank and they were like working on the doors like there was like construction workers okay they had like a ladder in there and i i thought to myself well that probably would be a good one because the doors are all already open right you know they can't, uh, some, some things have like a, like a locking mechanism yes. where they lock you inside. In
0: that little like atrium area or whatever. Yeah.
2: There's that one on El Camino that's really like that. Okay. But I, 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 for whatever reason, I was worried about that. Right. And, uh, so I was like, oh, this is it. You know, doors are wide open. And, uh, so I parked, I wouldn't say like on the side of the bank, but like, I, I kind of like, so that I can run to my truck and they wouldn't see me get into it and um, I parked there and uh, I literally just, I had a hoodie on with some sunglasses and a hat and uh, really it kind of was, I mean for an impromptu disguise, it was pretty good, I guess. Um, And I walked in and I remember uh, when I was walking around uh, the, the, the ribbon Or, like, that, like, the divider that that forms the line. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I remember thinking, man, this must, this must feel like what it feels like to kill yourself. Like, that's, that's, I remember having that thought, like, this feels like I'm, like, I'm about to, like, commit suicide or something. And, uh, and I think, in in a way, in a way, I might have been at that, like, suicidal point. Yeah. But it's like, instead of like suicide like this was my answer right. like i'm gonna do this that's fascinating to me yeah. that that's how you felt we'll talk and, and i uh i didn't spend any time like uh, picking the teller or anything i just was like all right i'm, I'm going to her
0: you was know, there like, anybody else in there or you were the first person that walked in
2: no no i walked right up okay. there was no line there's no line nope. and uh I, I i just picked the teller that was closest to the door right okay and um you know it was real simple like, like it, 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 the time in the bank was actually really fast. You know, this is a robbery. I need that's, so. That's
0: what you said out loud. Yes, you said this is a robbery. Yeah. I, okay. I need them. I, I need you to give
2: me the money. And uh, there was no note. You know what I mean? It was just uh, verbal. And um, she did. You know, and she gave me this big stack of money that uh, I found later. Is like, you know, it it's uh it's like bait money right like they have procedures
0: right you know what i mean did she say anything to you at the time did she no. respond she silently no. handed you money and you walked yeah. out yeah. okay and come to find out uh it was
2: like it was like the second time she had been robbed oh wow so um you know when i went to court it wasn't pretty as far as uh her testimony oh no like yeah. she was like
0: traumatized yeah. or oh, yeah. okay and um
2: so I, uh, I left, I left with this big wad of money and, uh, I ran back to my truck and I remember before I got in my truck, I took off my sweater so that I could like change out of my clothes and like threw them in my truck. And now I'm in my t-shirt
0: uh-huh.
2: and I got in my truck and I'm, I'm leaving and I'm pulling away. And as I'm pulling away, I see like, you know, it, it's code red. <laughs> woo,
0: woo, woo, woo. Um, you know, I'm like,
2: wow. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching all these cops, uh, pull into the like where I was and uh I'm just like woof and 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 when she gave me that big sack of money I, I, I saw it and I kinda thought something was up. So as I'm driving I'm, I'm going through it and uh sure enough I get to a a stack of twenties that uh you know like a book hide like when somebody hides something in a book they like cut the pages yeah. out. Yeah. Uh huh. So there was like a false set of 20s in there that was like that. Okay. And there's a, uh, a little fuzzy tracker card in there. Oh, my gosh. And uh, that tracking thing is a GPS. Right. And it, and it probably activates, you know, as soon as you leave the bank. Right. And then it, it you know, transponds your location or whatever. So I looked at it and uh, at that time I had pulled over real quick. You know, to kind of like organize for a second. It was uh-huh. A couple miles from the bank, and I found that thing, and I'm about to throw it out the window. And as soon as I roll down my window and look behind me in the rearview mirror, I see the the cop pull up.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: And uh, I don't know, like at that point, I was like, I, I was I was off my rocker. Yeah. I, and I'm like, I'm not going to jail. Yeah. Like I like. I'm not, I'm not about to just give up. Like I've already, I think in my head, I was like, I've already come this far. Right. Like go. Right. Run. So you just gunned it. And I took off. Okay. And, uh, I was running through this neighborhood and, 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 uh,
0: wait, you jumped out of the truck and ran? No, no, no. You drove away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You drove away. That's what I saw. Uh,
2: I, I, that's when the high speed pursuit, um, Started
0: okay, and
2: when I went to court, that was kind of the thing that they didn't like the most. Okay, the, the high speed yeah. pursuit in a neighborhood. The, the the bank thing is like people do that more than you'd actually think. Oh really? Oh yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. and I found that out in prison. Right. right.
2: There's 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 quite a few uh, bank robberies. Um, it's not as uh, it's
0: not as common as you would think. I mean, it's more it's common. not as
2: uncommon as you'd think. Okay. I mean, it's uncommon, but right. you know, uh, more people do it than you think because it's like. That's like the the first thing people think when they're hard up on money. Sure. You know? Yeah. That's why they make so many movies about it. That's why. No, that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. So. So you're tearing ass through this residential neighborhood. They're chasing you. That,
2: yeah. And and I remember in my discovery, discovery is like, it's a detailed account of the crime. Right. And in that discovery, I read where there was a point where I was in a residential neighborhood and... I was in a cul-de-sac and like four cops like almost encircled me. Mm -hmm. And uh I gunned it and almost hit one and ran ran by him. And the cop statement said I was gonna shoot him, but he was coming towards me. Right. I pulled my firearm, but then he like swerved at the last minute.
0: Oh my god. And so
2: at the end of the day, like at, at that, like for that particular uh, part of the story. I just remember reading that and being like, "Man, they probably could have shot me and not had a for
0: sure." Like they
2: wouldn't have, they wouldn't have too much explaining to do, right? I mean, I'm in a vehicle, I'm charging towards them, right? They could have just, you know.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: I mean, he probably has to be a pretty good shot, but he probably could do it. Yeah. I I was thinking too if a if a bullet hit my windshield, I probably would have like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm done.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, but but they didn't shoot. Yeah, and uh, I oh my gosh ran up on the sidewalk. Were you aware that there were helicopters following you? Not yet. Okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was getting away. Okay. Because like I I was you know I was doing some pretty you know fast out of control driving. I, I took my I took my truck to the limit. Yeah, and uh, I got on uh, the freeway and I was headed north and. I didn't see any cops behind me. Right. So my like, shit like maybe I'm maybe I'm good. And uh man, I took them all the way to Carlsbad. Yeah. From like near Mesa. Right. I mean, that, that's a that's a pretty good drive. That's
0: a long that's a long way. And um
2: I got off on uh like Twin Oaks mm-hmm. and I went like the back way like right. through San Alejo to um I was I was going towards where I was living at the time. Right. I like I, I like it like, you know, when you're in big big trouble sure. and all you can think of is, is like, I want to go, go home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go home and sleep this off, you know. And and it like it's weird. You're almost like like a child, you yeah. know, when you're
0: in that much trouble. When I was homeless, I would always go be homeless around my mom's house, even though she didn't know I was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just to be near my mother's house yeah. in my 30s as a homeless person, you know. <laughs> But I, I was like,
2: I'm I'm, I'm gonna yes. go home and, uh, man, I I don't even know if I like thought about like the license plate like I would I would have been caught you know right and uh, I remember so I remember tearing through San Alejo. and uh, this is when I knew they they still had me was there was a cop at the intersection of and he was there and he threw a spike strip in the road oh, no. and I was like. Whoa. And I dodged it. I was able to actually I got through that one and I'm and I'm my my fish channeling through the intersection because I had to go around the spike strip but still turn on the Palmer Airport and I uh I see uh like I think it was like on scene TV like these people they have like uh they have uh uh like police scanners and they listen oh. they listen for things okay so when they hear, "Oh, we got a bank robbery suspect," like they're on it. Okay. And they're they're literally chasing the cops. Oh and wow! When, and if there's a high speed pursuit, they're chasing it to film it.
0: Oh my god! Like that movie
2: Nightcrawler. Yeah. It's uh-huh. kept,
0: like, that's like oh, that. So so they were filming you. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! <laughs> and when I was
2: fish healing through that intersection,
0: uh-huh.
2: I, I saw the cop, and then I also saw a guy with a tripod with a camera, like this. It was like straight out of a movie. It was nuts. <laughs>
0: Do you remember, did you think anything you, when you saw that or you just like noted it and kept driving like crazy Yeah, person? yeah, yeah.
2: You, you, don't, you don't have time to oh process everything. Okay. But I remember seeing the guy like, uh, I never saw that footage though.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen that anywhere. Yeah. That would
2: have been like the cool shot too. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I kept going and uh, I made a wrong turn. And uh, I went up into this neighborhood in a dead end and there was just no getting out of it. And so I hauled ass back down the way I came and they, and the cops knew it. Like they'd set the spike strip up right there. I drove, I, I I just, I was not going to stop. Yeah. And I drove over the spike strip. um, What happens when you do that? Does it pop all the tires? Bam, bam, bam. You hear them? The front. Okay. And once the, it's not like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> when you lose uh, tire pressure on both sides, you're done. Okay. The vehicle comes to a complete stop. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not like, like sometimes you'll see like video where they're riding on the rim. Uh huh. But that's only one tire. Okay. But when you lose both. Okay. You stop. The vehicle's done. Okay. You're, you're not going, you're not going forward anymore, no matter okay. how much you press that gas. Okay. And so, um, uh, or the rear okay from, like both, both sides. Okay. And uh, so when that happened, I just took off running. And now I'm almost home. Right. I could literally have ran there. Oh, my gosh. And um, so I take off out of my truck. You know, I jump a couple fences. I get the most shit for this. Walking casually through the yards? Well, yeah, because
0: everybody's like, damn, bro, you, you lost you lost gas quick. You know what I mean? No. But, but to my defense, like – You were trying to pretend everything was normal when you were walking through the yards, oh, right?
2: No. no oh, you not. weren't? Oh, I, I okay.
0: Because Skyler, I was kinda... when Skyler watched it, he was like, look at this. This is the best part. When he's passing people's windows, he's like, what's up? Like strolling and then running and then strolling. He thought that was your tactic.
2: No. Okay. No. <laughs> I think – well, I didn't know which – like it was kind of like – You were I, just running. I was running and then I was kind of thinking like, man, where do I go? And like, when I, when I jumped over the, the, the wall and into the the neighborhoods, that's when I looked up
0: and I saw the helicopter helicopter.
2: and I'm pretty sure like, that's when everything kind of set in where I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Like they got me, Yeah. you know? And then I heard like a dog barking, like a police dog barking (laughs) um, on the other side of the fence. And I saw a cop like look over the wall that I come from, and I'm like, I'm surrounded, you know. Like oh it's a, it's over, it's over. And uh, I heard him say like, "Hey, come out," and I go, "All right." I go and uh, I'm pretty sure I remember going, "Hey, don't shoot me," you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't like I don't you know don't just don't shoot me. And they're like, just come out, and uh, you know I come out, and it's you know. For cops, the dog. Oh my gosh!
0: Did they tackle you? No, because you walked out with your hands up, right? I feel yeah. like I saw.
2: Okay. And uh, I came out, and and they arrested me, and that was actually on video too from somebody's ring. Okay. That whole thing was on somebody's ring okay. because I had come out the gate from their backyard. Oh my gosh! And that little camera. Okay, little I saw
0: camera. the helicopter news footage. Yeah. Well,
2: there's like different.
0: There's different angles. There's, I'm there's sure, a lot yeah. of
2: footage of it. Right. There's a lot of. Uh, um, paper trail or you know media media trail or whatever Mm
0: -hmm.
2: my lawyer told me that too uh there's a media tag on this yeah which which makes it worse you know right um and uh i remember i remember when i was in the back of the cop car i looked behind me and i saw a guy with the fbi jacket and i was like oh Oh my god i go I, i asked him i go so i just did a federal crime huh and he's like, yeah, for sure you did, and um, they carted me down. You know, they, they
0: they brought me downtown. So they brought you to MCC, not no, where did what jail did they bring you to? San Diego. Okay, San Diego. That's what the
2: crime was committed.
0: Okay, you know, but you know, it, what they didn't bring you to the federal jail. They no. brought you to the state jail. So okay. what
2: happened was, uh, and and I like like true drug addicts. As soon as I hit the back of that cop car. I wasn't. I wasn't all that like. Like, oh man, I really messed up now. Right. I was tired. Right. I Wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, and I had never done anything like this. Not yeah. even close.
0: I know. And I was
2: well aware. Like, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, you're gonna be gone for the next few yeah. years. Like, this isn't. Yeah. You know, this isn't like oh, probation. Right. <laughs> you know, this isn't. You know you're not going to bail out on this one. right? You're, you're, you're gone. You're gonzo. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew that. And um, I, uh, they took me down to a uh, San Diego uh, robbery in downtown, like their office.
0: Oh, there's an office. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That focuses like an, an on robbery. Okay. Got and, it. And
2: uh, they, you know, they had like a holding cell and there was an interrogation and uh, the interrogation was done with, uh, the FBI and the San Diego Police Department Robbery Division.
0: Did you get a lawyer? Did you ask for one?
2: No. Okay. No. Because it was, they, they had any debt to rights. Right, Trucks yeah. full of money. Yeah. They got eyewitnesses. Right. Like, like they knew it was me. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, the FBI agent, um, like, they, they were both kind of questioning me and, uh, I just told them, look, um, I'm addicted to heroin. You know what I mean? I'm addicted to drugs and I need the money. And that, this is that's what happened. And, uh, I, you know,
0: all they really wanted
2: for me was that confession. Like, Hey, I went in there and I said it was a robbery because, because that's their job. Right. Once they get that, they're done. Court goes easy. Blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a long drawn out okay. thing. Okay. And, uh, the FBI, I remember the FBI agent, uh, He told me, he goes, you know, my brother, my brother's on the East Coast. I think he was from like Boston or something. And he goes, yeah, I mean, you know, my brother's on the East Coast and he's on those pain pills too. Oh, well. And uh, he struggles tough. I go, yeah, man, it's it's a thing, you know. And at the time, I didn't realize that the FBI was doing me a favor. But looking back, um, the way he said it, it was. Because he he told me he goes look man, um, we're gonna go ahead and give this to San Diego robbery. Uh, We don't want to prosecute.
0: We're gonna let San Diego robbery do it. I wondered why you didn't do Fed time.
2: Right. Okay. That's why. Because I
0: kept looking up your sentencing online. Moment.
2: That was him saying, as the federal, you know, as the FBI. We're gonna give this to San Diego. Okay, and that probably could have been the best thing for me, as far as. Of
0: course, it was. You would have done five to seven, one hundred percent of your time. Fed right. Time.
2: When you do Fed time, it, it, Fed time's easier, but mm-hmm. you're doing all your time.
0: It's longer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, and so I went to jail.
0: You kicked in jail.
2: Yeah, kicked. Me, and I was. I'd been taking methadone.
0: Oh no. So it, I mean, it
2: was you know three months of. Oh life. my
0: gosh.
2: Um, and I didn't. Have like any a real emotion about it in jail? Yeah. Like I was just like, it is what it is. I got in. I got into jail. Started doing my little push ups. Right. You know, and I started reading. Like I, I, kind of adapted a little bit too well. You know what I mean? And but but that but I I've always been good at that. Yes. Like if you put me somewhere, I'm gonna live. Yeah. I'm gonna survive. You know? And so. um you know, I got into jail and and, and uh, I um, fought my case. Well, I didn't. I didn't even. I wouldn't even say fought my. Yeah, case. Yeah, you'd already confessed. I, I. I really just went through. I. I essentially uh, pled. Uh, I got. I ended up. Uh, my family ended up giving me a lawyer. I was just about to ask. Did you get yeah.
0: a defense? Okay. And
2: and she told me, uh, sh- like, you know. The best thing you can do is plea the sheet. And what that means is literally I just pled guilty without even like a time frame.
0: Okay.
2: Usually like the way it works at court is like, hey, they're offering you this. Right. You want to sign? Yes. Essentially, I just signed. Okay. Like there was like I – the max was eight years. Okay. You know, that was the most they could give me. And my lawyer said, if you just sign, it'll look good because you're saying, like, look, dude, I'm, I'm i did it. done. Yeah, and so that's what you know. Essentially, that's what happened. And when I, when I signed the the court session before my sentencing, the the uh, the judge goes, so you want to plead guilty? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you know, that word, your your lawyer, like, I had like delusions of of, of whatever, right. like. I'll get drug court. Like I really thought like maybe drug court is not going to happen (laughs) bro. But like, you know, I was just trying to be hopeful or whatever. Sure, Of course. And he goes, uh, you know, your lawyer's talking about like probation and stuff. And he's like, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, we're talking five to eight in the back. And, uh, I looked at my lawyer like, really dude? Like, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, whatever. Let's go. Let's go. And, uh, that's kind of when it like set in where I was like, Ooh, this is not like, like this is going to be, this is going to be bad. Right. And, um, in typical, like my, my God's fashion, I like left the courtroom and they chain you to somebody Mm -hmm. when you're going back to jail. And I'm like, man, that's, that's tough, bro. And the guy next to me, is like, Hey, you all right. I'm like, yeah, man. Just a lot of time. He goes, you know, man, I just signed up for fourteen, and I remember thinking, it's okay. At that moment, oh my god! And it's it, it's it, at that it, it has a lot to do with for me. This has a big connection with what we do in recovery. I didn't feel alone, mm. and that's all I needed.
0: Yeah,
2: that's all I needed. It's okay, you're not alone. Other people are getting sentences of long periods of time too. Yeah, and uh, and I was able to, to ride home back to jail, ride home. Back to jail, and uh, I didn't feel quite as sick as when you know I was in that courtroom. Right. So, in the end, uh, sentencing came. Um, they gave me uh, three years on the robbery, and then they gave me eighteen months on the felony evasion. But they gave it like third, so it ended up being three years, eight months. Um, Eighty-five percent. Okay, which means, and the reason that's at eighty-five is because any kind of robbery is a violent felony. Okay, so you're doing, you're doing eighty. Did you get a strike? I still don't even know that to this day. Okay, usually it'll show you on. They a would have you, like yeah. special circumstances, and it wasn't there. Okay, and that was a big, uh, that was a big thing for me because um, it didn't necessarily like. I didn't necessarily get a strike, so maybe I should have got halftime. and right. And
0: uh, that's why I'm wondering if you got a strike since you got eighty five percent of the time. But I feel like you would. But the know thing that. is,
2: is, is eighty five. You don't have to have a strike. Oh, okay, okay. Just if a violent convict- crime. If, it, if, if it's a violent felony, okay. then you're, you you can be you know okay. eighty five. And and I'm not exactly sure how all that works. Um, <laughs> And and you would think like, well, you should know, but the reality <laughs> is is once you get in that system, yeah, they're yours. Right. And it doesn't matter what like you think or your lawyer yeah. says. You're right. once you've been sentenced and you go to prison, they go off of that court document paperwork and there's really whatever they whatever they jotted in and especially because I pled guilty. Right. And I and I just was like, Whatever, it is it, it was just it's it done. was what it was. And um the way that works as far as getting sent to state prison is um, they they just uh, – you just sit in county jail for a couple more weeks, and then they come get you one night, and they say, hey, uh, get whatever your stuff together. And you always want to like um, go to store and like hold stuff. Yeah. That way when you go to reception, you have that stuff to use. Okay. Because it's not uh, – when you're in reception, it's like –
0: Reception was the, the hardest part of my prison sentence. I've heard that out of all of that. So tell tell people what reception is. Reception is being well, like assigned. Right. It's okay. placement. But so, so you're I, at prison before you get your yard number, right?
2: Well they, they that's
0: where everything happens. Right. Okay. So I was sentenced to prison. Um what was the first prison they transported you to? Chino. Okay. That's so where most, the Chino reception. That's where
2: mostly, most people from San Diego go. Okay. I think uh, Donovan used yeah, to be a reception Donovan. center, but it's not anymore. Okay. And Chino, Chino's an old prison.
0: Yeah. It's real
2: old. They got, they still got the bar, uh, like the bar doors. Oh, wow. They have uh, chicken wire over it, but it's still those old bar doors. Yeah. And, um, I mean, just roaches. And at one point I had like rats calling on me while I was oh, sleeping. Tom. Like it was rough, dude. It was super rough. Oh my gosh. And, uh. But that is where um, um, they, they essentially evaluate you okay. and, uh, and tell you, like, okay, we're going to send you here. And um, when I was in county jail, everybody said, like, well, if you're going to go to prison, the, uh, the best thing you can do is get fire camp. I'm like, fire camp? And they're like, yeah, you go to prison and you, like, work on, like, a fire crew. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. You go to like, you know, all these, like they pumped it up. And I was like, that sounds like and I and and when I was reading stuff, um, Prop 57 came into effect when um I was in prison. And what Prop 57 did was is it gave serious uh time cuts to people that were in prison. Okay. Like, you know, this drops to this, and if you okay. get here, and, and essentially what I read was that if you can get to fire camp you can go to halftime. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's what happened. I, uh, I was sent, there's uh, two prisons for the fire camps, Jamestown and Susanville. Uh, Jamestown is like the Southern region and Susanville is like the Northern region. And uh, I got sent to uh, Susanville. And when I got there, uh, I stayed on their yard for a little bit and then I did the firefighter training and then I went to a camp. But uh, it's important to mention like, you know, that's, that's when things started getting like better for me, okay.
0: Like, when you were at fire camp,
2: no, even when I got to Susanville. Oh, okay, because the way I did my time was like everything was like here to here to here to here, like okay, now I'm now I'm on the yard, now I gotta stay here until I can get to the outside unit to train for the firefighting, okay. And then once I get there, I'll get to fire camp, okay. And when I get to fire camp, I'll get that time cut, okay, and then um. Yeah, as I as I progressed further and further, um, my time got easier to do, and uh, by the time I got to fire camp, you know, I had i gotten uh, my date uh,
0: at, at its like lowest level, right? You know,
2: and I was like, wow,
0: it kept moving online. Yeah, because I would look you up, and your address was never listed. Right. Because I, I wanted, to, uh, we were gonna send you Christmas cards and stuff, but your address was never listed, so I couldn't.
2: Right, and that's the thing was that when you're when you go to uh, fire camp, you're 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 labeled always at Susanville. Yeah, it just said but, something really generic. With but I was no like, address. I mean, I was probably you know, I don't know, 100, 150 miles away, right like near Reading. Right. Yeah. And, uh, to be honest, with you, it was it was it was very very cool. It was the okay. Shasta Trinity National Forest. You know, we went out every day and did community service. But, like...
0: What was your community service? What would you have to do on a daily basis if there wasn't an actual fire? a chainsaw. Okay. Cut trees.
2: I mean, that's the cool part about it. Like, they give, like, convicts, like, cha- like you're in right. prison and you're, you have a chainsaw. Right, yeah. <laughs> So, and, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, fire camps. There's, it's so much more freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and they
0: keep you so busy that, like, you really... It's a work camp, and you were feeling better by then. You'd kick the methadone, and oh, I was... by then
2: I was hog healthy. I mean, working out, yeah, like... yeah. I was uh, I was in the best shape of my life.
0: Were there any actual fires while you were there that yeah. you had to go? Oh, there were
2: a okay. the campfire. Okay, remember that? Er, in Paradise, it was called the campfire. It was like the most destructive fire in California. Oh, the deadly. one down near the border. No, no, this was uh, in Paradise, California. Okay, It was the one. Uh, I'm sure I heard about Donald Like he flew out there because Uh, it was such a thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, we uh we definitely got action on fires, and um, you know, I mean they were fire camp is uh it's nice. There's a lot of uh, a lot of nice things, but you earn it, right? And you earn it in hard work, right? Like because the shifts are 24 hours. I mean, you get up at like you know seven, and you're literally. On that fire, you know, on that fire till seven the next day, wow. like sunrise to sunrise. Right. And, uh, and then you get 24 hours off. And you're okay. just, and you don't think that you can sleep all day and all night. Which and you do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're just whooped. Wow. And they feed you really good. And uh, so I got a, a, a time cut for that. I got time cut for, you know, um, just the firefighting classes in itself. Um, I had a GED and they couldn't find it. They let me take it again. Which oh, was, that's cool, which was a godsend. Okay. And uh, it, it was like three months at the time if you passed it, but then they changed it to
0: six months off. Oh, okay. So, like, so you have fire camp and GED, both of which gave you time off.
2: Well, yeah. So, like, 85 went to 50. Okay. You know what I mean? For being in fire camp, and then six months came off the top. Okay. And then three weeks for the firefighter training, and uh, you know that. That time in reception, when I was looking at that three years A must 85, like, I was like, man, I'm, like, like, I, at that time in reception, I felt like I was in the belly of the beast. Yeah. And, like, I just couldn't see, like, I, I, I was like, I can't even think about being not locked up right now.
0: And how old were you at that time? Like 30. Okay. So you were going to get out at 33, 34, you thought.
2: Or wait was I? It was twenty-nine. It it was like I was old enough to where like I was like, man, like when you get out, like right. you're things are be, different. Yeah, you're not gonna be in your prime anymore, like no doubt.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna right. get out and be
2: like 35. Right. <laughs> like it sounded like ugly to me at the time. <laughs> it did. It sounded how old are
0: you now? I always forget.
2: Right, I'll be 33 next month. Okay. All right. You know? Okay. And so at that time, like I was like sick. I was just sick. And and I was I didn't see I didn't see light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I just I, I did one day, like one day at a time, really. And it's funny in prison they call uh when you have stuff going on and you have a schedule and routine, they call it programming. programming. I got a good program, bro. I'm solid, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because we say that right. like, well, how's your program, you know? Right, yeah. And
0: it's the same shit. Right. It's that routine.
2: It's, 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 I have things in my life. I have things that I do that keep me,
0: uh, keep my mental state well, and it's all good. Well, One of the things Amy said on our last show was, and I think this is so true. I'm going to start saying this all the time. People think that once their life is stable, they'll become a disciplined person, but actually discipline leads to stability. So finding the routine first Mm -hmm. unfolds into stability in that opposite direction, you know, which I think is kind of true. Yeah. So.
2: And in prison discipline is, is uh, a little thing. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for. It's promoted. Right. Well, you have to, yeah. Right. Like you gotta be on your shit. Right. We don't, we don't want anybody that's not clean. We don't want anybody that, isn't organized. We don't right. want anybody that isn't ready, you know. And uh you know all those politics and shit. It's real, you know. Prison, prison can be a real dangerous place for a drug addict, right? You know, especially if you because there are drugs in prison, and if you want to get involved in that, yeah. But
0: then you end up owing debts and that kind of stuff, right? So isn't that when get hurt, And yeah. I've seen
2: it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen people, and people told me that, like, oh, you're gonna. When I was in jail,
0: yeah. Were she, you, let me ask you this: Were you scared to go to prison? Honestly, were you scared? No, you weren't. Okay. I knew I'd be all right. Right. I'm a big. I'm a big guy. You right. Know? Yeah. And, and I'm also likable.
2: Right. So. Um. And people told me that, like, I, I was lucky to have somebody in my cell that, like, you know, he was big ass skinhead, and uh, he told me, just don't get into debt, and you'll be fine. Right. And I believed him. Right. You know. And I didn't. I didn't right. get into debt, and, and I watched. And he and I go – and I remember asking him, like, am I going to see a lot? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I didn't – I almost didn't believe him. Yeah. Like it, they can't be stabbing people like that. Yeah. And they they kind of do. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of was acted like that, like where people were just getting lit up on the yard. And especially like a fire camp yard, you'd think like ah. – but, you know, I saw it. I saw it happen. You know, Did you have to get happen. involved in any of that kind of stuff? No. no. Okay. That's another misconception It's like, oh, if you go to prison, you got to be, uh, you, you can, there's a lot of people in prison that are willing to raise their hand for stuff like that.
0: Right. If you don't want to be involved and you in you didn't that, necessarily offer up.
2: No. Okay. No. But you know, sometimes you're asked to do this or that and you know, but the, the reality is, is you, you can totally get out on, you know, without catching a new beef, uh, if you're on lower levels. Okay. When you go to higher level yards, I can't really speak on that because right. I've never been. Right. But it seemed like to me, it, it was my experience that on, on lower level yards and stuff, like, you know, I I did see, you know, violence and all that shit, but I was able to, I was able to go home early, Right. you know, and, and stay out of the bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with all that being said, with all the fire camp and the, and this and that, um. Man, I was out 18 months, two weeks
0: later. That's crazy. You know? I know. I was. I remember when you got out, I was like, oh, my God, he's already out. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how I found out. I don't remember how I – I'd been watching. And so I think at one point I looked you up and you weren't in there anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: And then maybe I got your number from Peter. I don't even remember how we reconnected. But I somehow, like, knew that you were out.
2: That's the big shocker that I get, especially, like, when I first got out was, like, People would be like, they'd be like, "What are you doing?" Here?
0: Well, I thought you were going to do eight years.
2: No, that's what people would be like. Like they wouldn't see me. They'd be like, "Bro, what are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. Like, like it, they they were like, "Bro, we saw you. Like, we yeah, thought, we saw you on they, TV. We thought they buried you, right? Totally, you know? totally. So, yeah, well, I thought I was buried too, right? And uh, man, it's crazy. It
0: is so crazy. You're never going back.
2: Yeah. Nah, no, I'm cool on that. Cool. It's, uh... It's sad, you know? It's sad to, like... I... It's not even sad for me. It's sad that there's so many of us in there that, are, that aren't getting out. Yeah. Or, you know... I've met some people that are doing long bits of time that really wish they had another chance to like not do what they did or yeah you know a, a lot of drug addiction fuels that, that whole prison I know, system i know it does the other thing that i saw on there that that was uh was crazy is that there's a lot of people in there with mental illnesses
0: that yeah are, that are undiagnosed really they're doing prison terms On yeah. the like obviously mentally ill and they got sentenced to harsh terms they can they probably like they don't even realize they're ill right yeah and and they
2: can get through like a conversation with with like the cops right or like they can maybe they got through a conversation with their uh you know their their counselor reception but the thing is is like you can tell when you talk to them they're they're not right well you know yeah like they're talking in their sleep, they're up at night. You know, it's like yeah. dude, this guy is not. And, and the thing is, is 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 there's just there's not enough time and not enough staff to catch these things, you know, right. but and, and and the unfortunate part is is like when they go into the prison system like nobody wants to be around crazy people, right. so like even worse things happen when they get there. Um but uh yeah. That 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 was that was uh, definitely something that bothered me. Yeah, because I didn't want to be around him either, you know. But it's 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 unfortunate. Those dudes get uh, they really get the ugly side of it. You yeah, know?
1: yeah. So you you get out of prison, and and then what was it like? What was your day to day? What were you taking away? What were you trying to forget? All of those kinds of things.
2: Well, there's. I
0: was happy mm-hmm. to be out. Oh yeah. yeah, there was like
2: two months of just like. You wake up and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get to see all your old friends and whatever. And and but but that died away. Like like for, for a while I thought like, you know, like I didn't have to like keep up with my meetings and shit. And I right. paid the price for that. You know, right. I got loaded again. And
0: uh after how long after you got out? Like
2: three or four months, okay. you know what I mean?
0: Okay. I uh I had a lot of
2: unrealistic expectations as far as like when I got out, like things are going to be like this and things are going to be like that. And, uh, you know, I just thought after something like that happens, I'm good and I don't have to worry about nothing, but I do. You know, right. sure. I, still, I still have that disease and I still got to work on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, luckily the, the relapse wasn't too bad. I did a little time at a program. And then, um, you know, I've always had, I've struggled with like a and 12 steps and stuff. Um, I don't enjoy meetings. Uh, I got a lot of friends that I love that are in AA and that I met through AA, and that's good. And uh, but it, it's always been hard for me to like keep a regular thing with like the AA in the program, right? And um, at uh, actually a Janine's suggestion, um, she said, "Well, you should try this Vivitrol," and uh, I take that and. There's no side effects.
0: Yeah. And And it's been like a game changer for you. That was my next question. So, like, it's been a struggle for a long time. You're coming up on a year. What's different? Yeah.
2: I mean, Vivitrol's been great.
0: Yeah. I'm a fan of Vivitrol. So, I'm just Tommy was a little bit hesitant to talk about Vivitrol, and I don't think that you need to be at all because it's not – I think that however you can get and stay clean and sober, that that, that's what matters, and there's not necessarily a right way to do it. I'm a fan of 12-step and and abstinence, but I consider – is my personal opinion. I consider Vivitrol abstinence because Mm -hmm. there's no detox from it and there's no head change. Mm -hmm. Whereas sub, uh, suboxone and methadone is harm reduction. Mm -hmm. There's still a chemical dependency involved. And with Vivitrol, you know, you don't, you don't have that.
2: With, with all the attention around like the opiate crisis in America, I can say without feeling doubtful or anything that Vivitrol is a miracle drug. I agree with that. It's, it's literally, and, and the thing is, is, is you just have to try it. Like if yeah. you're, if you if you struggle like I did try it.
1: Yeah. Will you talk a little bit about what it is or what it does to your body? Or... It's just a blocker. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a, uh, it's a one month injection. Mm-hmm. It has to the, it has, it, it's just the opiate blocker. It's, it's the same thing as the, since the it's in Suboxone. Is that right. right without the, without the opiate? Right. And, uh, it looks like tree sap, you know, and that's because it sits in you for 30 days. you know. Right. And they, they put it, like, uh, like on your – They do a know, shot in your booty. Yeah, right in your, like, lower back butt area, mm-hmm. and it's a 30-day thing. And um, kind of a strange – you can almost, like, taste it. Yeah. Like, when you first get it, and, and I used to get, like, kind of, like, sleepy after that. But uh, after a few months, there's nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, So it I, prevents you from feeling the effects of opiates. But I've actually had – yeah, but it's I've sick. actually had friends tell me it also reduces cravings. Like I had a doesn't for me. Oh, it doesn't it for you. No. Okay, interesting. Nope. Okay, nope. I had a friend who never had a single using dream the whole time he was on it, and had had them like all the time. Dude, yeah. dude, I had a gnarly using dream yeah. the other day. It was so realistic. I woke up and I was like, I thought I had relapsed, and I woke up and I like my six years this is in two weeks. And in my and the weird thing about my using dreams, they're always like not realistic necessarily in no, a It's like you're in a weird space that so you would normally be in, but my time, my clean time is always accurate. So like three years ago when I had a using dream, me and the dream knew I had three years. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I knew I was coming up on six years and then I blew it. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, I was like, Oh, thank God I didn't actually use. Are you still having using dreams? Yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah.
2: And, and really what that attests to is like, to me, it's not, it just makes it seem like, it's, it's uh, a lot of it's in your head. Right. It is. You know what I mean? Like the reinforcement, the drugs feel good come from me telling myself that. Right. And I, and I know that because, you know, because I don't, I still have cravings and stuff. Right. Even with the drug, that's supposed with, to take it away. Yeah, that's true. Huh? You know, Vivitrol works for me because it, it, if I, think about, like, oh, I want to get loaded, like, I just know I can't.
0: You said that you can't, yeah. I
2: don't know if it makes you, I think it gets you sick, or maybe it just doesn't do anything. Uh, I've tried to get high before, like, taking some octane and it's, like, really, like, a futile effort, and it pisses you off. You right. Know? But, uh, essentially, regardless, like, whether it gets me sick, or it just doesn't work at all, I don't, I don't know, because I haven't tried it. Right, yeah. And, and, and for whatever reason, that's good enough for me to be like, no, I don't want to do it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, eventually I, I will get off of it, but, uh, from now.
0: But I think you should give yourself more credit. You still go to your appointment once a month to get that shot. You don't have yeah. to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that in and of itself is, a, well, it's, it's, it's,
2: it's real simple. Re, yeah. That's, e- that's easy for me to do.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: It's hard for me to, to go to a meeting like right. four or five times a week. Right. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially because I, you know, I work, I work a lot and, and uh, and in my time off. I want to do things. that you I want to, to do. Things. I want to go surf, and you know, yeah, or spend time with my girlfriend. And uh, it's tough. It's tough, you know, having trying to have a relationship and being in a program, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a relationship with somebody that's not in the program, right? Because it's hard for them to understand. Like, hey, I got to go to these freaking meetings like three or four times a week. You know, like they uh, and they might say they understand, but uh, you know, a lot of the times, like you know, they want they want your attention. They want you to be with them, not at some fucking clubhouse or something. Right, 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 right.
1: Maybe not realizing that by you going to the meetings actually makes it possible for you to be in a relationship yeah, right. with
0: it. Okay, so what would you say? Because one of the things we always try to do is talk about, you know, the whole reason we do this, we were just talking about this off air, is for other addicts who have gone down, if not this similar of a road, something similar. They've done something, you know, they, they're they strung out and they've done something dumb and they feel like pieces of shit, like we all did. My whole point in doing this is to say, look, look at what I did. Look at what Tommy did. And now here we are telling the story. And not only are we okay, what happened resulted in X, Y, or Z that is either like positive or changed the trajectory of our life in some sort of way that we can look to and say it wasn't a waste. So if you had to look back and say that that decision that you made on January 3rd, 2017 or 2018, um, would you do it again? Probably not. However it led to something that came out of it that was positive. If there was like a takeaway from that experience, what what would you identify as that? And, and
2: um, I like your podcast. <laughs> I do, I do.
0: Have you listened to it besides your yes. upset? You yeah. have? Oh, good. But
2: it's it's hard sometimes because I've done so many things and really taken nothing away from it. Fair, you know, like bad things have happened, and I just keep getting loaded. Right, and uh, well,
0: okay, but the takeaway doesn't necessarily have to be right. You and, stay and, clean and forever. I, it can be other things. And
2: right? that's what I'm getting at is uh, is a lot of times we'll we'll do like bad, tragic things, and we'll just keep getting loaded, and we really there there is no takeaway because we just keep you know. For me, if you never change your behavior. Right. Uh-huh. If you never change your behavior, you're you didn't learn anything, and you didn't okay. take anything away, and 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 that's what most people want from from uh, people that are struggling with addiction is that bad things will happen, right? Then they change their behavior, they get clean. It's like a it's like a fairy tale like story, you know? Yeah. Oh, this happened, and now I got right, and uh, that's that's not that's not my truth.
1: Yeah. It's not a linear thing, right? It's right no. this happens, consequence, change my
0: life. Right. But see, that's kind of my point. That's why I ask people to share rock bottoms that isn't their last using, right? Well – This wasn't your last using. No. You know? No.
2: But did it lead to my last using?
0: It did. All those
2: events, they, they led me with an outlook now that I believe to be healthy. Mm-hmm. My sponsor, uh, he says um, – some people, it just takes a magic amount of pain and suffering. And what he means by that is, is, like, they go through whatever they go through, and then at a certain point, that's when their lives change. Right. Um, I think it comes with age sometimes. Uh, I think it comes with the amount of maturity you had uh, prior to you um, getting high, usually, like, like how you, how you grew up. And uh, I think it also depends on, like, how many enablers you have in your life, right? And what you choose to do with that. Uh, I think some people, I know a lot of people that are clean now, that those same people that enable them still help them out, but they kind of use it for like a benefit, right? You know, right? Where I know some people who have enablers in their life, and they just don't get clean, because it's, what's the point? Um, At the end of the day, I think if I if I had to say like what what did I take away from it, a lot I spoke on that. You know, there's a lot of people in prison wishing that they could have uh, got clean or made a different decision, and uh, they don't get to uh, experience life and the freedoms that I have now because of that.
0: So, some gratitude that you carry now, for sure. Yeah,
1: for. Family members or friends that are listening, you just touched on something really interesting about like the line between enabling and like helping and supporting. Can you talk, speak to like, how does somebody know when they've become someone who's enabling versus someone who's being a support or, I don't know? That's such a.
2: I feel bad for people. Yeah. I feel bad for, I feel bad for parents and wives of, of drug addicts or husbands uh people that are close to to us because um it's just it, there's some there's too many factors yeah um i think i think i think if i had to give advice to somebody like that was dealing with a drug addict was would be like obviously it's their um if they're get, like, this is what my family did. Like if I was getting loaded, the only thing I had coming was treatment, you know? Sure. Like, and, and that, that's where my mom got to, but that could be like a bad thing too. Cause then it gives you like a, a, a springboard. as far as like, Oh, like
0: they would never, they would, they paid for never ending treatment. Right. Basically. Cause you,
2: it, for me, it got real easy just to get clean, just to go to yeah, detox. So, uh, a lot, a lot of, and then there's those hard ass parents that were like, We'll pay for treatment once, maybe, or not at all.
0: That's actually what mine did, and
2: and it was like after that, you're on your own, right? And uh, I feel like when that happens, people hit rock bottom a lot quicker. But I've also seen that where you know people hit the street and they don't ever come back, right?
0: Um, I think that's a really that's a hard. I don't know what the easy answer there is you yeah. know i think the best thing for a family member to do is to go to Al-Anon, Mm-hmm. get support from other people and pray about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and get to a place of serenity with the decision that you make
2: i i wouldn't even give anybody advice on that yeah i, I would tell them go to Al-Anon. yeah you're like you're not you're asking the wrong person because i i don't know yeah i don't know and a lot of people ask me that question and they think I should have an answer for it Yeah. because I'm, well, you should know you're the drug addict. Right. What worked for you, you know? And <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it's, uh, if, if you make it, I'll say this, if, if you make it easier on me, uh, and, and I don't have to feel a lot of, uh, pain and it's real easy to to get past the, the the bad shit that's happened and yeah it's not good for me.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. If I if my mom like when I got out of one of the last rehabs, I wanted to just live with my mom or before I went to the last one in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live with her and like get a job, just like a part time job that I'm sure I would have kept using, you would have a different I wouldn't own the You know what I mean? If I'd been allowed to live there, I would have just kept using and tried to keep it under the radar. And, and you know, I wouldn't be hosting this right now with you, you know,
1: Um, when you were in prison and were, you talked about program and structure and a schedule. um, Was that the first time you had implemented that sort of routine in your day-to-day life?
2: Yeah. To that, to that level, for Mm -hmm. sure. Like that was kind of one of the good things was that if, uh, if
0: you can do it there, you can leave and do it. Uh, so did it give you some sort of appreciation for like having your routine and having some discipline?
2: Yeah. Okay. Because the thing, when I did that, I I felt better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, I wanted to say that, was that I found all these little things make me feel better in a small way but that all added up to a whole like a whole attitude that i never even thought i could have
1: yeah
2: and it, uh, it started with like just the small things uh you know like making your bed you know things like that but it, it, it goes a lot more than that but people always bring that up uh everybody says i not even drug addicts like well try making your bed right <laughs> and uh <laughs> And, do and, you still
0: have some of the, those disciplines? Like, are you? Would you yeah, say yeah. you Are more disciplined now? I would say
2: I would say that I, that I've uh, I've come back a little bit, you know. She's uh, asking if you still make your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, no. For the most part, I do. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, uh, but it, it's about. Um, I used to think it was like, well, you have to do this on this day and this day, and, mm. and like everything has to be like super structured, like clean days this day, but I've loosened up.
1: Well, yeah, because life gets thrown at you, right? right. And I think right. that can be the really difficult part is that I know I worked more with, with juveniles. So juvenile hall and like that idea of they have this, I can do it. I've been given all these skills and I've tried them out in juvenile hall. We call it institutional insight, right? They're mm-hmm. in there and they're like, I, I can do this, but then you get out and life gets thrown at you. Mm-hmm. You get a flat tire, you lose a job, you break up, like all of these things happen. You go, shoot, I wasn't equipped to deal with all these variables. And that can be the really hard part. So like you're saying, you started to see these little things along the way that do add up to like this really great, beautiful picture. But initially you're going, I just have these few, I just have the edges of the puzzle done. I don't know what it looks like yet. And it doesn't feel. As great as when you can see this really big picture of I know every Wednesday I'm doing this because mm-hmm. it's kind of
0: set up for you so it can be hard once you get out I like that discipline is like starting the edges of a puzzle mm-hmm. I think that that's the framework that's kind of cool I like that thanks, thanks but, and, and I would say that
2: like <laughs> like as far as like you say you work with it like juveniles with, the reason that, what they don't account for is like being distracted
1: Mm-hmm. And that's right. what
2: happens when they get out. And that's right. what happens, like, even with adults. Like, totally. we, we, we have something we, we want to do, but then we get distracted and we spend too much time thinking about something else and uh, it loses its importance.
0: Uh, yeah, that's why you've heard some noise on the podcast. I've looked at my TikTok since we've been talking like an idiot because I'm distracted.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and but so yes. That, I just know that there's things that need to happen in my life as far as like self care and, and, and stuff. Property care and, and uh, I just it, it happens I get it done. Yeah, um, I work a lot, but when I, you know, having the holidays off, I've been able to kind of get a lot done. And
0: yeah, I think we didn't do this maybe yet. I, I don't think we did either with him. So we, we yeah. do a new thing now where we ask every person. We might have done the tip thing. But don't remember, if you had because a lot of the people listening are like early, thirty days, sixty days, ninety days. If you could tell somebody with not a lot of time, one thing that they could start doing like today to help in their recovery, what would it be? Anything?
2: Anyway? My, uh, my officer, like I, I've been in and out of AA for, wow, I don't know, 10 plus years, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the most common thing I see with people that are failing and, and keeping sobriety is uh, the inability to take responsibility. It's like that denial. Mm-hmm. It's uh the people that are always struggling, I always hear them like, blaming other people like, oh, well, you know, my girlfriend's fucking crazy or mm-hmm. uh, the cops, you know they're I can't, or, you know my counselor is giving me a hard time and they're not letting me do this or that. Uh, the thing is, is is I was like really delusional when I first started getting clean. I, was I just didn't I didn't see like the truth of things like i felt like everything i was doing was what i should have been doing and uh i didn't want to um i want to say like well you know take responsibility for yourself but it's more than that it's about questioning what you're doing and your beliefs like you may feel like hey i'm 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 right here i'm doing like the right thing right now but it's like are you really like, like look at it like on another level. You know what I mean? Because that's what happens when we get clean. Is like we go through these different stages. Mm-hmm. That's why you'll meet somebody that you used to get loaded with, and they seem so different. Yeah. Like, Damn. Like you're clean. I haven't seen you in a couple of years. Right. And they're like a different person. And it's because they've probably been through that. They've been through those those levels yeah. of questioning their belief system and what what's going on in their life and what they they think they should be done. And, uh, it really turned, it it just turns you into a whole different person. Like, like for, for, and so for an example, I, uh, you know how they say, like, when you get clean, you shouldn't get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, or you should stay out of a relationship for a year, you know? And, and and my answer to that was, well, nobody knows if that even works because nobody does. (laughs) And
1: sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, Yeah.
2: And, uh, but that, that's something. And, and I really felt like when somebody told me that, uh, when I first got clean, like I was like, yeah, I kiss my ass. Like, like I, I get it and it might work, but I would never even fathom doing that. Mm-hmm. Like my first goal is when I get clean is like, I'm gonna go find a pretty girlfriend. Right. And that'll make me, you know, give me something to do. And I see that all the time. Mm-hmm. People get clean and they jump in a relationship and, uh, to me, they're kind of robbing themselves of of some, some good alone time. Yeah. I, I, if, if, um, I was single when I got clean this time and it was super beneficial.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: and, and, but that, that's just, uh, uh, that's like what I'm talking about. But
0: that's one example you mean of like you you could, if you could go back, you would maybe reevaluate all of your misgivings about all the things that you're told.
2: Right. It's just like, like stuff like that, you know, Uh, I feel differently about it, Uh, not because somebody told me, but because I've learned that that I feel better or, you know, it's just, it's good to feel uncomfortable, you know? And when you're single, you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Because nobody's there to give you uh, 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 validation. Right. And so if you're not getting, I like it. I I like (laughs) that humility. Like, you know, it's good for you. Yeah, you don't need that. No, I get it. it. Makes you feel good, whatever.
0: And then the other thing we, we always ask people, but we didn't ask you this last time, is do you work out, mm-hmm. and if so, what does being physically active does it play a part in your recovery?
2: Oh yeah. What do yeah. you
0: do?
2: Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't. I don't like go to the gym. You but, surf though. Yeah. A
0: lot, yeah. Uh-huh. A lot. A lot. And what part would you say that plays in your recovery or helping you stay?
2: It's just well, it's it, surfing school because it's everything, right? It's it's uh it's social for me. I can I usually surf by myself, but like it's social as far as like um, I have friends that are in the program that surf and it kind of gives us something to uh, go around. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. like I have a friend that we'll meet up and we'll go on like a surf trip or whatever. Uh, it's physical, right? Uh, and it's also like obsessive for me, like right. it gives me something to kind of like, uh, tinker on as far as like checking surf line all the time. Right. And yeah. Be good. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it covers my full spectrum as far as, um, what I need as a human and uh, my job's physical
0: too. So that helps. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for, Thank you for being willing to share that story too. I don't yeah. know how much you talk about it, but I was really wanting to know. <laughs> It was a big thing for me when it happened. Yeah. Yes. He's upset me,
2: me. Yeah, for sure it was. Yeah.
0: But I mean, he's the closest friend. You know, like, I, I don't know. I meet a lot of these guys when they're out. Mm-hmm. I never knew anybody. And, and, you know, I don't know.
2: It would. That, that, glad you're out. That that was the tragic part about it for me was that uh, it happened. Like, it wasn't something that happened early on. Right. And so it hurt a lot more because it was like, man, like it's uh, it's hard to get your ass kicked by this addiction for ten plus years yeah. and still struggle and still struggle and still struggle, yeah. Um, a lot of people break at that point, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And whatever that looks like is is
0: is that. But uh, well, I'm glad you didn't break, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, out. yeah. And I appreciate you coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot. So thank you guys again so much for joining us for another episode of Chasing Heroin and all the usual places. If you want to link up with us, Instagram, Chasing Heroin, Janine Coulter, or if you're interested in checking out my fitness studio in San Diego, the name of that Instagram is Studio Cybrid. We're on Facebook too. And TikTok, Chasing Heroin or TikTok Studio Cybrid, all of those places. And then as always, and you know I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but if you guys... We so appreciate your time to rate and review the show and it pumps us up in the algorithm for Apple so that if somebody is looking for recovery related content, they may find us, which could potentially really help somebody. So thank you guys as always for joining us and reach out with any questions.